You're listening to the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. AALL Insurance is locally owned and locally operated. Everybody needs insurance, especially young drivers. Give the people who support Arizona Varsity and Arizona high school athletes a chance to support your insurance needs. AALL Insurance. Click the link in the show description to find out more. We'd like to thank our friends at People's Mortgage for sponsoring Arizona Varsity and Arizona's athletes. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current mortgage, the experienced team at People's Mortgage is ready to help you. People's Mortgage has been a local lender for over 20 years, and their team has extensive knowledge of the local economy. They'll find the loan that best fits your needs. Rates are low, so connect with them today at 602-714-2555. That's 602-714-2555. Find out why they say, at People's Mortgage, it's all about the people. AZBK0904164 NMLS6274 Equal Housing Lender. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show here on ArizonaVarsity.com. My name is Zach Alvaro, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Newman. Eric, about two weeks now into the winter sports season, how are things going for you, and kind of what's your thought process behind getting to this point after it being canceled and brought back and all the delays? Um, things are okay. I, uh, I've gone to a few games, as of you. We've gotten it's kind of become a little more normal um in that just we're we're used to having the games and everything so um it's been good but it's still a little bit weird so i mean that's about all i can say right now is it's it's going to be weird the rest of the season but i'm just happy there's stuff going on i agree with you uh, i'm glad that they're getting a chance to play i'm glad that you know there are some you know guidelines that have been put in place um I don't know yet how I feel about players having to wear masks while they actually compete. Um, that, I think, was a little bit of a stretch. Um, but, I mean, hey, look, if, if, it, if it gets them on the court and the field and the mat, then, I mean, really, you got to do it, right? Yep, that's right. So one, one point I want to bring up really quick, because Richard Obert, who we've had on the show before, obviously, uh, one of our friends does a great job for, uh, for the Republic covering pretty much everything. Um, when it comes to high school sports, uh, he had an interesting story this morning. Um, a Basha goalie, actually, um, I believe this was last Friday, uh, when they were playing, uh, either Castile or Perry, I think, yeah, Castile, Castile. So long story short, he dove to block a shot from a Castile player, of course. And inadvertently, he got kneed in the head. It basically hit his nose near his eye socket. He was actually knocked unconscious for, for about a minute from what it looks like, or more than a minute, actually. And since then, there's been a petition by his parents, actually, to, you know, I guess, have the AIA reverse their decision and allow away parents at games. And for those of you that don't know, currently only parents of the home team, only two parents per player of the home team are allowed to attend games. And it doesn't matter if they're at a neutral site. You know, Eric, you and I, we were at St. Mary's last week when Chandler played Valley Vista and, uh, you know, and obviously Sunday Slope was against St. Mary's in that Capital Classic. And 
in the first game, only Valley Vista parents were there because they were technically the home team, even though it was a neutral site. And same thing for St. Mary's, obviously. There weren't even many Valley Vista parents at all. Like, I, I don't know if there were many. No. Well, well, and part of that reason was probably, obviously, the game started at, like, what, 5 o'clock? On yeah, and it's all the way from surprise yeah. to Central Phoenix. It's not an easy exactly. track. Yes. To your exactly. point, it was, it was less people, uh, only the quote-unquote home fans. Chandler, yeah. game against Valley Vista, didn't have anybody. But in that game, we saw Carson Kelly, the, the talented Chandler senior point guard, kind of he went up to block a shot the valley vista defender kind of ducked underneath him and he ended up tumbling you know i guess end over end and landed near or at least on the back of his head a little bit yep and obviously he was down the floor for a little bit it was it was a scary fall um luckily he was not knocked out but it kind of goes into the same realm there where if he needed immediate medical care and his parents aren't there to take him. Obviously, they're relying on an ambulance to try to get in there and stuff like that, which obviously there's trainers and, you know, paramedics are probably very close to every site that these games are being played at. But I kind of want to get your thoughts. Do you think they should allow away fans to attend games for something like this just in case it were to happen? So this is a tough one. You and I were talking about this um, before we even started recording just a little bit. And I, I kind of feel mixed. Yes, it would be nice to have parents there, but it doesn't necessarily change. Like this, this bash a goalie, uh, obviously scary. Not, we don't want that to happen. Um, and it would be maybe mentally would be nice to have his family around, but um, I don't know. I don't think it really makes that much of a difference health wise, right? Like if they're going to take him to the hospital, he's not going to, ride with his parents anyway they're going to take him in an ambulance um and it'll change for different people so i i think it would be nice but i don't know in terms of just keeping down the population of people at the games going through things it it makes sense to not have them there still and i i get the reasoning why they want to be there they want to support their kids they want to be around if something like that happens but um for the most part, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference. Like unless the, unless this kid's parents were trained EMTs or something like that, or uh, medical professionals, and maybe they were for all I know, but I don't know that it would have really made that much of a difference. I can see where you're coming from. Um, One of the things that they actually said in, in their fundraiser was, you know, what happens if they're over an hour away from, you know, their son or daughter in the, you know what I mean? So, um, and then let's say a medical decision has to be made. Now, obviously there, there's phones, you can pick up the phone, but I mean, as a parent, if that were you, do you think you'd want to be there? I would definitely, no, I get, I want, I would want to be there, but there's a difference between wanting to be there and needing to be there. And we're at a point where, um, they, the kids can get to the games because of the bus. They can find their way home. The, the parents don't need to be there most of the time, uh, a high, high majority of the time. And like I said, I get why they would want to, but in terms of keeping the, the number of people lower, uh, I think it makes sense to still not have them there. But I get what they're saying. I'm going to separate the two sports. So basketball, wrestling are their own thing because they're indoors. And then you have soccer, which is outdoor, played at, at large stadium venues. 
do you think the AIA should allow soccer parents to be there for away games? Well, because it's outdoors, there's less people. Obviously, you can spread out a ton. So um, here's the thing: is you you then have to make a distinction because some stadiums are much bigger than others. Uh, if yeah. a five A or six A school has it, it's different than a two A. I've gone to Trivium Prep in uh, in Goodyear, and their stands are pretty small because they're a small school, and there's only one side. It's not like they had that much room to spread out and everything. Um, so a smaller school, it might not be feasible. So yes, in theory, what you're saying makes sense, but I don't necessarily uh, agree a hundred percent with every single one. Okay, I accept that. And honestly, I wouldn't want to be the one on the AIA board that has to make a decision that oh, says, yeah. you know, it's hey, a, soccer no parents, way. you're good. Yeah, I mean, you you can't really sit there and say soccer parents, you're okay to go, and then all of a sudden, you know tell basketball and wrestling parents like sorry you can't go because it's indoors you know what i mean i don't think you can do that um now if the numbers keep declining and they get to a good point let's say in about two or three weeks or even by the time playoffs start would you be okay then for them opening it up to to parents maybe um but just Mm -hmm. because numbers decline doesn't mean we should start risking things that's a good point it's a good point the only thing I would say is when it comes to playoffs, because it is at that point, win or go home, I think at that point you should maybe think about allowing parents to go in. Um, but it still has to be very, you know, obviously those are controlled by the AIA. So you might be a little bit more strict when it comes to masks and all that stuff anyway. Um, but I think at least for the championship game, like, it, you know, especially if it can be held at a bigger venue like ASU, um, then I mean I think you should allow the parents in because that's obviously a very special moment. Um, I would be but... really surprised if it is if the championships are held in a big venue like that. Like we saw football being played at Desert Vista High School, um, which no shot against Desert Vista, but it's still a high school. It's not uh, it's not Sun Devil Stadium or anything like that. I would be very surprised if they allow big crowds and if they're paying all that money because it's expensive to play in one of those big stadiums. Um, I would, I would be shocked if it's not at a local high school gym, um, one of the bigger ones, but as yes, if they are able to have it in a bigger venue, um, then maybe a way parents can come and they could spread out and everything, but who knows? Yeah. But to the point with Desert Vista, I mean, Desert Vista is a pretty big field and or at least has really big, you know, stands. I don't think any of us expected the numbers that we saw for the championship game. Right. I mean, the six A the six A was was worse than the than the open. I mean, the home stands were literally filled like to the brim. Um, I was very surprised to see that, and to this day, it kind of I don't know. Like just looking back at pictures, I'm like, wow, like how did that happen? But yep, that's another conversation for another day. Um, you know, I I, I do agree with you. I I do think that parents I, I don't know in my opinion i think you should allow the away parents to go especially if you're allowing the home ones i mean even if it's two per player i mean that's not really that many people you know what i mean i mean in, in schools that i mean theoretically schools that do have smaller gyms or smaller venues in general they could theoretically say hey one one per player instead of two yeah you know if, it, no, if it's it, a smaller you know what i mean but it it ends up like i was at um recently peoria high school 
Um, they took on Sunrise Mountain in an awesome game, but that's the, the score of that game uh, isn't what's important. But what I'm saying is that's not a huge school, but it's not a tiny one either. And with the JV of both teams and the freshman squad sitting on the bench um, on the other side, and then the parents on one side, I don't think you could have fit uh, Sunrise Mountain's parents in anywhere and had them actually spread out all that much. Um, and I think that's going to be the case for a lot of schools. So I can see not having them there. Um, and I'm talking from a place of privilege because I can get to games. Um, I'm allowed to go to things. So I, I can understand the frustration of not being able to see your kids play and uh, yeah. seeing examples where it would work. But I, I just don't think it works everywhere. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, for the most part, I don't see why freshman JV teams should be allowed to stay anyway. But I guess it depends if you're an away team and you have to ride the same bus. If you're an away team, yeah, they all ride the same bus. So um, they have to be there and they have to sit somewhere. That's true. Unless you make them go outside. But, I mean, at that (laughs) point, you know, what's the point, though? I mean, I have seen some schools do that, though. Like, I was at Mountain Point and – um corona's uh freshman and jv teams they didn't stick around for the games and actually mountain points jv tried to watch the varsity game but uh mountain points athletic director aaron front actually came through and said hey guys you can't you can't stay you have to go so they actually well, i didn't realize that yeah that hasn't happened where i've been at least i haven't noticed it if it has that was the only school that i saw that happen at now granted actually um when i was at hamilton perry to open the season they didn't have their lower levels stick around um but i don't know actually i know for a fact perry's jv was there but um i don't think they stayed for the varsity game i think they might have brought a different bus to be honest or they just went outside somewhere that i didn't see them but um i think hamilton had like maybe one or two players that were behind the bench watching but you know that could have been their parents of an assistant coach or the trainers or i don't know right you know what i mean um, I didn't obviously, you know, dive deep into, Hey, why are you guys still here? I, you know, yeah. it wasn't worth my time. Um, uh, speaking of Perry, they are one of the, uh, the few actually undefeated teams remaining in the six, a conference. So let's jump into some of the standings here a little bit. Let's take a look, yeah. uh, region by region. I've got them. I've got them pulled up here. Uh, desert Southwest six, a, which is, you know, Cibola, Kofa, all them, um, Cibola, Kofa, Maricopa all tied at one and one overall for their record. Now, granted, this is very early for us to look into, oh, who's going to be good and who's not. It, it, some of these teams have played one game. Um, Sunny Slope has played literally that one game that we saw because they've had other ones canceled. Um, a lot of times, I think they played some Phoenix Union schools, which obviously makes sense. Um, 6A Central Region, which uh, gets more into the East Valley. We're talking Queen Creek, Corona, Highland, Desert Ridge, Desert Vista, Mountain Point. Um, Mountain Point, obviously, probably the preseason favorite coming in this year. They didn't lose virtually anybody from their championship team. Uh, TJ Tigler was pretty much their sixth man of the year. He did graduate, but, um, you know, they have just a ton of talent. They added even more with Drew Washington. They're undefeated in that region. They actually played Desert Vista on Friday, which I will be at, which is very exciting. That's going to be a really good game. Uh, like I said before, Perry is 4-0. It's, it's going to be a good game. And especially, like, everyone was counting Desert Vista out. Their only loss was to, I believe it was a just a close loss to Corona, who's not a bad team at all. No, they're not. Um, they're a small squad. So, you know, that's going to be an exciting one. I'm, ex- I'm really excited to see Andrew King. And I know that he's only gotten better since he was at Phoenix Prep. So it's going to be exciting to see him 
um, you know, play for Desert Vista and go up against Mountain Point again. Um, like I said before, Perry 4-0, uh, that's a very good team. Dylan Anderson, you know, being virtually seven feet tall is very hard to stop. Um, Hamilton's 2-1, and Brophy 2-2, and Basha, who has looked good early on, 3-1. and They were supposed to play Perry on Thursday night uh, when we're recording this. We're recording this on Thursday, but... Um, but, you know, that, that game was unfortunately rescheduled or canceled because um, Hamilton and Chandler, which we'll get into in a second, they're both currently in quarantine, and Perry played Chandler a few days ago. So out of precaution, I think Perry's also included in that quarantine as well. Yeah. Mesa, uh, Steven Cervantes, who you've talked very highly about and who I have seen play is very, very good. They're sitting at 3-1. and one. Um, they're atop the 6A East Valley region right now. Um, they've got Mountain View at two and one in that region. They've got Red Mountain at three and two, Dobson Skyline Westwood. And then how about your Liberty Lions out there in the West Valley? Three and oh. What can you tell me about Liberty? They're a solid team. Um, Liberty has, they've struggled the last few years, but they've had these groups of young guys that have kind of developed, um, and now they're they're a pretty senior heavy team. Uh, I I don't know if it's Gilliford or Guileford. I don't remember how to uh, pronounce his name, but he's their top scorer right now. He's a senior. Uh, Coach Wood is one of the best coaches uh, in regards from other coaches in the area. They love him, um, and they just they play hard. They uh, they don't have any superstars, um, but they play as a team. And um, I think this is a year they're going to be really solid um, and. I want to go see, they play their rivalry matchup in two weeks, I believe it is, against Sunrise Mountain, their big rivals in uh, all their sports, who's also a solid team in 5A, so that's going to be an exciting one. But yeah, Liberty's Liberty's off to a good start so far. Right on. Uh, looking at 5A, we're not going to go through all of them, because a lot of these teams are in Tucson, so um, we're going to kind of just skim through this. Uh, Tucson and Phoenix Union, who are not playing right now. Um Arcadia, obviously, we knew they were going to be pretty good coming in with Max Marley returning. Uh, Desert Mountain has been pretty good as well. Uh, Cactus Shadows was the team that we actually highlighted last week because they beat up on San Luis, like, what, 90-something to, like, 12 or something like that? Around that range? <laughs> it was something. Yeah, yeah. something. Um, let's look at the 5A Northwest because this is obviously a very West Valley-heavy region. Um, Ironwood, who you've talked about, is four and zero. Centennial three and one. Sunrise Mountain's a good team at three and two. Was it Gila Ridge that you had this past football season breaking into the open, or was it Cibola? <laughs> um, it was originally Cibola, but Gila Ridge did go undefeated in football this year. Uh, granted, That's they right. played, they played all Yuma teams, and most of them were not great. But Gila Ridge basketball this year is solid. They're four and zero. Uh. I know all of these teams in the 5A Northwest relatively well. I've covered them all in uh, either this year or the past year. This is a really competitive region. Um, and even Kellis at 0-4, they've had a few tough losses. They've played some of these teams. I think they play Ironwood tonight or tomorrow, um, so that's going to be another tough game. But they, um, they've they got some skill. Apollo's good. They just have um, they've had a bunch of really tough games in this region. Um, and I think a lot of these teams in the middle of this region are going to start beating up on each other. Centennial, Sunrise Mountain, Apollo. Um, 
Ironwood, I think, is the class of that region. They're uh, 5A defending champions. Shameless plug, I just put out a story on Ironwood basketball <laughs> today. Uh, this is Thursday when we're recording this. Go check that one out. Uh, it's a feature on them. But yeah, I mean, that region is, every single team has talent. Uh, Kellis, with the worst region, has uh, Jai Anthony Beard, or the worst record in the region, has Jai Anthony Bearden, who's a freshman, but he's averaging a double-double, and he's uh, he's got the most rebounds of anyone in 5A as a freshman. Um, so he's a really wow. impressive player. Wow, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, just to go back to your article as well, Eric has also been doing highlight I guess, videos recently, and uh, they're very good. So please go check those out. Um, for a region, let's just talk about Saguaro for a second. Uh, Coach Lucas Ramirez, great guy, first of all. Just an amazing human being. Um, they're 3-1. and one. They lost their first game to Dysart, it looks like, last night, actually. Dysart's a solid team. Yeah, yeah. So no knock on them at all. They started 3-0 this year. That was the best start for Saguaro basketball in years. I think it was like, what, four years or something like that? Something like How that. Good of a job, how good of a job is he doing over there? It's, uh, it's impressive. And I think that it they're going to get to some tough games um, coming up later in the season. I see McClintock and... Uh, Notre Dame Prep and some uh, and ALA Queen Creek and Mesquite, some of these tough four A teams on the schedule, and they're gonna they're gonna really have to battle to win those games. Um, but yeah. I think that they're in a spot where they can be good um, and they can be depended on to be a solid team. Yeah, it, just really happy for them up there. I'm gonna go see them probably next week or pretty soon. I gotta I gotta hit some soccer games as well. Yeah. Um, one team that that you actually saw recently. Estrella Foothills, are the Wolves for real this year? Can they can they beat Paradise Honors and win that 4A Southwest region? That's going to be tough. That's going to be a battle between those two. Uh, Paradise yeah. Honors has some really solid guards, um, and they've got two Division One guards on a 4A team, and uh, Jalen Scott leads all of AIA in assists, uh, their senior guard. and um, So they play kind of a style. They play fast. Australia Foothills is a, they've got this kid, Noah, who is, he's seven feet um, and would be big for any region uh, or conference, much less 4A, uh, where there aren't that many guys to go up against. When you're seven feet, you're big in general. Yeah, but what I mean is there's not, (laughs) it's, he's bigger than everyone, period, but there's even less of a size competition in 4A as there would be in 5 or 6A. Um, and so if they can utilize him, uh, and play some inside outside ball, getting him passing, uh, to guys to make shots on the outside. Um, it's very similar to what they had two years ago. They had a kid named, uh, Sean Wallstrom, who was the, uh, he was their center. He's now playing for ACU. So he was a solid player. Um, and they, he wasn't seven feet, but he was, uh, a quick center, maybe six, 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 seven, who could get the ball out to shooters on the outside. So I don't know yet. I'm interested to see when those two teams play, but they're definitely going to be a solid squad. And I think that they'll, they'll give some competition in that 4A Southwest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, girls basketball, we'll look at really quick. Um, I feel like I'm, ob- you know, I feel obligated to bring them up 
because of Andrew, obviously our Arizona varsity intern, I'm sure he's, you know, got his, you know, face painted half red, half black. He's probably got the Boulder Creek shirt on. He's got the, you know, those little, like, not the pom-poms that the cheerleaders use, but like the stick, you know, it, it, Alabama and Auburn use them. They're football fans. <laughs> Um, you know, like the, you know, the things you flick your wrist and they like, you know, go back forward and backward. Like they look I like know what you're talking about. Yeah. So Boulder um, Creek. Um, Boulder yeah. Creek. Boulder Creek is three and zero to start the year. Um, Andrew's probably jumping up and down with excitement right now because he's the Boulder Creek homer. Um, you know, good for them though. Uh, and good they for Andrew. Really young. They're really young. Um, yeah. Their, their core group is almost all sophomores. They've got a good freshman in there. Um, maybe one or two seniors sprinkled around, but they've got a really young and talented group. Um, Jamie Manning, their coach over there, I've met a couple times. She's a good coach, uh, really energetic. One of the one of the women that um, she'll be out shooting in practice and doing all the rebounds and everything. She doesn't just stand on the side. She she builds up a sweat when she's running around with them too. So that's fun to see. Nice. Um, and yeah, Boulder Creek's a talented squad and. Um, I think that they're going to be good moving forward. And also in that same division is Sandra Day O'Connor, who I think is yeah. one of the underrated teams in 6A. Uh, I think they're really going to put up numbers this year. And another shameless plug, go read that story. <laughs> I wrote a feature on them. But they've, uh, they're kind of more of a senior and junior-led team. But their backcourt is tremendous. Uh, and I think that they're... Uh, going to make a lot of noise in 6A this year. If you didn't do your own shameless plug, I was going to plug it for you. So for I'm sure. glad that you brought it up. Yeah. And um, then I can't not be shameless, though. That's what I'm good at. That's true. That's true. It's a good point. Um, I want to spend a few seconds, not seconds, a few moments talking about the 6A East Valley region for the for girls basketball. Yeah. Dobson and Westwood don't get very much pub- publicity. And, you know, for someone who covers the East Valley and Mesa, I'll honest, I'll, I'll say some of that is my fault. Um, you know, long story short, our circulation for our paper is very far in the East Mesa. So sometimes I have to focus on those schools a little bit more. However, that's going to change, obviously, because I can make my own decisions. and I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> Dobson and Westwood. They were the two best teams last year in the 6A East Valley girls region. And so far through Dobson's played four games, Westwood's played three. They look like they are, again, the two best teams. Yeah. Um, Dobson's 4-0. Westwood is 3-0. I want to say both of these teams were actually relatively high seeds in the playoffs last year. Even yeah, and, I think, and I think Dobson, one of them, I can't remember exactly. One of them went to the quarterfinals, I believe. Um, And, you know, this year, especially with, how good the senior class was last year that that obviously is now gone at all these other schools now don't get me wrong there's still some very good girls basketball programs out there but we could be talking about a dobson or westwood team especially because they returned so many starters and they're still a relative well dobson's a little bit older now they have a ton of seniors but westwood's still relatively young i mean we could be talking about these two programs competing for a semifinal spot or i would even you know go as far as maybe saying we could see them in the championship game just depending on if they continue to improve um february yeah, second being how seeding goes yeah exactly that's true that that that's the, a big one as well the the class of 6a is hamilton and valley vista um yep. i think those two are above everybody else valley vista's only played one game so far just because of their schedule, but they brought back 
Um, their two best players from the team that won the championship last year. Uh, yeah. Arguably the best player in the state as well. Yeah. Um, in, in Jenna's eye. So. Yeah, they've got two D1 girls um, on that team, and they've got a ton of other great talent too. Um, the, Marissa Davis-Jones, I've seen her play a few times. She's tremendous as well. She was a, uh, I believe, a Duke commit and then changed, and she's committed somewhere else now. But wow. uh, so she's, I mean, she's great too. So they're going to be, if they should be the favorite and then Hamilton right there with them. But we could yeah. see, depending on how seeding goes, um, some other teams sneak into a spot like that. Could you imagine if we see Hamilton and Dolly Vista in the semifinals? Because that was last year's title game and it was a really good game. Yeah. I mean, and it could happen just depending on, we don't know exactly how the rankings work with their strength of schedules and everything. Um, yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. And uh, Dobson and Westwood actually match up uh, Tuesday, February 2nd. So, and then they actually, which might even be the more interesting matchup, they play on March 4th, which is the last game of the season. Wow. Yes. Yeah, um, so that could legitimately be for the region title or exactly. a really high seed or something like that. Exactly. Um, because neither of them play. Yeah, neither of them play Hamilton, I don't think. I know for sure Dobson doesn't. Westwood, um, let's see, they do not. So, you know, and, and they should be bad. I mean, honestly, we could be talking about, oh, wait, actually, Westwood does play Valley Vista. So that might be a tough one. But let's say Westwood, all theoretical, let's say Westwood gets the best of Dobson. And then, you know, Westwood goes undefeated, then maybe they you know, lose a close one to Valley Vista. To your point, like you just mentioned, that could literally be the region title game yeah. on March 4th. So, and Westwood does have an extra game. It looks like on March 5th against Cibola, but um, that that one won't really affect the outcome of the region. It'll be mostly that March 4th contest with Dobson. Right. So, very exciting times for those two, two schools in Mesa. Um, I mean, man, like I said, they don't get a ton of publicity. And... You know, Westwood's baseball program is also very good. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so good, good, exciting times for them. Um, Eric, what are some of the West Valley girl teams that you're looking forward to seeing that you may not have seen so far this year? So I've gone and done a couple stories on them, but I haven't yeah. seen games. Um, in 5A, there are two squads. I think 5A in girls is the most open it's been. Millennium should still be the favorite. But yeah. they don't have um, the same just absolute dominant talent as they have in years past. They've still got great players. Cassidy Dixon is their yep. uh, top senior. She's a GCU commit, um, can do everything on the floor. But Millennium, I want to go out and see a game for them. Um, they've got new coach out there. Coach Thomas, is he's a solid guy. I, I just haven't seen a game from them yet. Um, so they're going to be really solid. Um, Sunrise Mountain, I want to go see another game. Uh, I've seen the boys' side, and I've done a story on the girls' side this year. They made the final last year in 5A uh, and graduated, I think, two seniors or something like that. They still only have one uh, senior on this year's team. So they're really young but still bring back a lot of talent. They're, uh, they're going to be great this year. And I want to go see Apollo. And I want to go see Verado. Verado is actually a team I'm seeing tonight, Thursday. Um, but they're super young, but talented. Uh, they're in they're in a tough spot because they're in the same region. 
as uh as millennium is and that that's tough for any girls team but coach beard does a great yeah. job out there um they lost they're two and one and their only loss was by seven points to millennium in a defensive battle they've got a ton of girls out there that can really play and are young but also experienced so a long answer to your question but there's a few solid yeah. girl squads in 5a yeah, and you know, to to kind of pick up where you left off with five A as well, Castile girls have been dominant so far. Um, they opened the season with a seventy to eighteen win over Higley. Then they followed it up with a sixty one thirty six Red Mountain. A little bit closer, eight point game against Gilbert, but Gilbert's obviously a very good team. They have been since the Cavender twins a couple years ago, um, who are doing great things up at Fresno State. So shout out to them. Um, and then they beat up on Campo Verde as well. And then here here's the kind of interesting part. The other undefeated team in that region is Williamsfield, and they play on Friday. That's going to be a very good matchup because that could be an early indication of which of those two teams actually take that region. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like we were talking about before um, with Dobson and Westwood. Those two teams match up at the end of the year on March 4th as well. And Williamsfield got a transfer in Tatiana Claiborne, a senior yeah. guard who is, um, she's a tremendous player. I don't think she's able to play yet um, because yeah. she transferred over. Uh, I'm not sure on that yet. I don't know what the date is for transferring and everything. Um, but she'll play later in the season, uh, assuming she's in shape and uh, in good health and everything. Um, she'll be able to play. So that's just going to add something to a Williamsfield team that's already really talented. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, just because we want to touch on a little bit of every sport here, um, Eric, is there anyone that can compete at the uh, 6A level with maybe the likes of Basha and, um, I'm sorry, yeah, well, uh, no, sorry, Brophy and Hamilton uh, in boys soccer? I think those are the class, again, of yeah. that, um, of 6A, and, and they should be. I actually think that um, Tolleson Union School, uh, Copper Canyon, would have been a really solid team that maybe wouldn't have beaten them, but would have had a chance. They uh, they would have had 10 seniors this year, and most of them were starters last year. But obviously, Tolleson Union soccer uh, isn't happening. So that, I mean, that ends up being null and void. But like you said, those two teams, Chaparral's not bad. Um, and we've seen Desert Vista's been good over the last few years. But yeah, uh, Brophy and Hamilton are are about as good as it gets and san luis isn't bad either yeah actually you know what i was just gonna say that um i kind of have to eat my words a little bit hamilton has started zero two this year yes they lost yeah they lost to basha who i mentioned on accident quote unquote but uh basha's you know they're one and two they have that win over hamilton um but san luis is three and oh right now and they they beat hamilton um, they beat Mountain Ridge and they beat Cibola. So, um, I still think yeah, Hamilton's yeah. going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. They have a new coach this year. So maybe there's, you know, growing pains a little bit there, but yeah, I don't know if they might, I don't know if they will be championship good, but they're going to be fine. They're going to be a playoff. Yeah. Team. And Hey, shout out to, uh, Westwood and Dobson again. Both of them are again at the top of the region in yep. West Valley for soccer. Um, Girls soccer, I think we know already who that's going to be. Probably who the who the favorite is at least. Um, that whole six A Desert Valley region in general, where Pinnacle, Chaparral, Mountain Ridge are, they're very very good. 
Um, but Chaparral, they've won the championship four years in a row, and I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon. Um, Hamilton's also a very good team. Perry is always good. I think um, I think Perry is going to be a challenger in that. Um, okay. They've been right on the cusp of the last few years, and yeah. they've got a really talented senior class. I don't know if any of the girls went and played at uh, different academies or whatever, but that's a really talented team, and I think that they could um, – Two years ago, they almost beat Chaparral, and I think that they will be solid. Um, I Like you said, Chaparral should be, until they lose, they should be the favorite, having won all these titles in a row. But yeah. um, they it, it's certainly, there's a chance someone could knock them off. Uh, 5A girls soccer, Millennium Castile, you think, are, are kind of at the top right now? Castile is great. Um, yeah, I remember when they had just moved up. Um, yeah, they were uh, even great back then. Yeah, for, <laughs> for having just moved up recently, uh, and being now the 5A champions, they've won a 3A, now they've won a 5A. Um, they're a great team, and their coach does a great job out there. Um, so I think that, yes, those are those are the two teams to watch. Millennium's good year after year. Yeah, Horizon can play. Um, but like you said, yes, those squads. Isn't that kind of the case with Castillo with every sport, it seems like? Because when they moved up a couple years ago, uh, their girls' basketball team, I think, was the 10 seed in the 5A playoffs, and they made it to the semifinals. I remember watching them at ASU's arena. Uh, I think it was called Wells Fargo at that time. Um, the soccer team obviously moved up from, you know, up to 5A, and I almost won a championship. The football team, <laughs> I mean, they, they were in – 3a for two years and they won a state title and then they came up to 5a and were one of the best there as well and then obviously in 6a they they were in in the conversation for the open between you and i for a little while and everyone else with theirs on the varsity as well so castile is one of those teams or the schools that they're in such a good area where everything around them is just growing with new housing developments that these just these families with great athletes are just moving in and yep. it's really beneficial to them. I think we're going to see the same thing. I think I mentioned it before. We're going to see the same thing with Eastmark pretty soon, I think, too. Agreed. I think we're going to see that that school kind of start to explode, especially maybe the football program with, you know, one of the greatest coaches of in, in all time of all time here in Arizona with Scooter Molander over there running that program. Mm-hmm. So interesting things ahead. Hey, you mentioned GCU a little bit ago, and I don't want to, you know, you know, talk bad on GCU. They're a great school. I I love their campus. Um, they recently said that they're going to allow 900 fans into their arena, which isn't a very big arena. Previously, they allowed about 350. They had a bunch of cardboard cutouts. Obviously, they're very well known for the Havocs. Um, I kind of know your stance on this already, but can I just say that I don't think this is a very good idea because terrible just because idea. you're playing, just because you're playing a, a you know a huge whack game against you know, and when I say whack, I mean their conference, not like it's a whack thing. This is um, a whack idea. It, the idea is very whack, but the game is for the whack conference. Uh, they're playing New Mexico State, who obviously is here playing in general because their governor said no sports are allowed at all. So I don't know. I don't like this at all, man. It's dumb. Um, for lack of a better term, and I don't mean to be reckless and irresponsible by calling it that, but it kind of is. Uh, and I'm sure they have their science and they think certain things, but uh, just the idea of 
more people when there doesn't need to be. I don't know that this necessarily would do much. Um, it's not going to make them, if they're having struggle with money, it's not going to change that, those 600 tickets or whatever it is. I don't know if they're charging or if they're students or what, but yeah. this is silly. Um, they don't need to do that. They're, it doesn't serve a purpose other than just, um, you know, a little bit more energy at the basketball game, but it's not, it, it's too much risk. Um, and I like GCU as, as well. Um, but yeah, does, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, Hey, another news, uh, you want to catch a Coyotes game pretty soon? They're allowing limited numbers. I'll pass. Okay. You don't want to do it really? Nope. I am limiting my amount of stadiums. I, and nothing against the Coyotes, but I go to enough stadiums now and I, I feel a little bit strange being at all these stadiums too, but, um, at least in high schools, you kind of know the people around. You don't know who's showing up to a, a professional sporting event. Um, and yeah, but what if they're playing the what if they're playing the Wild? I guess uh, <laughs> I, take it back. I don't have anything against the Coyotes or anything like yeah. that. But um, no, I just I, I'm kind of limiting that still, and I get why they would want to, and I'm happy other people can if they want to do that, but. Uh, I'm still sticking to I'm still sticking to home and the things I need to do yeah. for work. Makes sense. Makes sense. No one can really uh, you know get mad at you for that. Um, you know, hopefully we see these numbers continue to go down. It's obviously a good thing. Um, you know, hopefully I know you're you're getting your second uh, round of vaccine pretty soon here, actually, right? Monday after the Super Bowl. Nice. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm taking my parents actually. Uh, they're a little bit older, so they qualified for that, you know, extended 65 and older group. So, right. uh, which I'm thankful for. So I'm going to take them uh, Tuesday night around 1030. So going to be a late one, but that's okay. It's worth it. I know you went around midnight, so it's it's worth it, definitely. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I think it might actually be hopefully a good sign that they're opening up or it's either open now or it's soon to open Um a, a pod in Tolleson to start giving out vaccines. So maybe more people nice. on the left side and in general can uh, get access. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that will, uh, that will help the Tolleson district maybe open up sports. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. So anyway, uh, Eric, let's wrap things up. Um, thank you all as always for listening. We really do appreciate it. Make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at E. Newman Writes, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Make sure to head over to the Arizona Varsity website. We have a couple uh, forums active, um, you know, Blue Chips, which is essentially run by the great Greg Rosenberg. Uh, we do weekly pickums in there, so come on in and join us with that. It's pretty fun. I do very bad. Um, I think I was, like, was like three and like 12 last week, but whatever. Um, it's hard. It is very tough because basketball can really swing either way. Um, but make sure you do that. Make sure to take a look at all the great things that Eric is putting up on the site. We also have our great interns, uh, Mr. Boulder Creek Homer himself, Andrew Morgan. Uh, you know, he, he just put out an article on, uh, on Boulder Creek's wrestling program. And then Jacob Saliga, who is a uh, Mountain Ridge Homer. So we're getting, you know, those far Northwest Valley guys, uh, you know. Yep. Uh, involved in the Homer in the Homer filled uh, team AZV I guess roster here, and myself included, admittedly. Um, not that I would 
you know, I don't really like it, but whatever. Um, anyway, he also wrote a he wrote a pretty good article about. Um, yeah, he wrote a he wrote a very good article about uh, the girls' soccer program over there at Mountain Ridge, and uh, other obviously great articles are being put up there all the time. So um, definitely go check all of that out. But in the meantime, thank you once again for listening. We will uh, talk to you all next week. I would be a homer too, but uh, no one cares about the Rochester, Minnesota Mayo Spartans. No, we don't. <laughs>